Michael King knows that the guy that he's facing has the most home runs in the major leagues. There's a fly ball, left center field. Did he get it off? He flips the bat. Bader's at the wall. It's gone. It's tied. Shohei Otani, his 35th home run. But it's three to three. Wayne Randazzo with the call, and what a dazzling homer that was. I mean, that was Shohei's most electric homer of the season. And let me tell you why. It's the series opener against the Yankees. The Angels, they're in dire need of some wins. Shohei hits a game-tying two-run homer late in the game. He does the bat flip, and a stanky bat flip at that. Patrick Sandoval, fellow pitcher, and Shohei's translator, Ipe Mizuhara, they look at each other, their jaws are both dropped, and they high-five to celebrate the homer. The catcher for the Yankees drops his arms and body in defeat. Shohei rounds first base and gets a high five from the first base coach. He then fist pumps and roars as he runs to second base. And to top it off, we get to see pop star legend Gwen Stefani jumping up and down in celebration with her family up in the Angels Suites. And then, of course, the icing on the cake being the Angels going on to walk it off 4-3 in the 10th. I mean, what a great start to the series. And even more so, what a great start to the series for Shohei Otani. He goes 3-for-4 with two RBIs and two extra base hits. So he doubles earlier in the game, and he actually scores from that at-bat. And then he goes on to hit the two-run home run, tie the game up, and basically put them in a position where they can win the game in the 10th inning. I mean, last week we kind of talked about how the supporting cast hasn't been there. And in this game, Shohei did it all himself. He scores one of the runs, and then he hits in two of them. I mean, he's responsible for three out of the four runs, and by himself, he ties that game. So obviously a terrific start there for Shohei Otani. And then we head over to Tuesday's game. Now, Tuesday... It goes even smoother for the Angels. They win 5-1 off some really stellar starting pitching from Patrick Sandoval. Maybe he was just revved up and excited, juiced from seeing Shohei's homer the night before. I don't know, but he pitches 7 and a third, one earned run, seven strikeouts. It's a really good start there from Patrick Sandoval. And as far as Shohei's performance, he did pretty good. I mean, he goes one for three, and he had a walk, but that one at bat is a triple, his seventh triple of the season, and it bats in Zach Neto, right? So, I mean, at that point, it's 4-1. They win 5-1. The Yankees just didn't have anything against Patrick Sandoval. But I want to stop here and just say, shout out to the relief squad. They were absolutely horrible against the Astros, but Webb and Estevez put up one and two-thirds innings of shutout ball, They get out of there with the win. So at this point, it's an exciting time to be an angel, right? Shohei's the leader in triples. He's the leader in home runs. What can't this guy do? So it's a really exciting start to this series. They've won two out of three. They're looking to sweep the Yankees. This angel squad who has absolutely blown it against the Astros. People are saying the season's over. Just trade Shohei already. They start off with two wins against the Yankees, and they look to sweep them with another win on Wednesday. And what do they do? They get the sweep, baby. 
They open up the game with two runs in the first, two runs in the second, two runs in the third. It's 6-0 before the Yankees even get to the fourth inning. Now, the Yankees would go on to score three runs of their own, but they lose 7-3. So, the Angels sweep the Yankees right when we probably least expecting it, right? Right after the Angels had lost 8 out of 10 games, they pull this off. I mean, I, I, I'm a clown. I am a clown. Last week, I said they just have to hold on against the Yankees, pray that they even win one game, and then try to turn it around against the Pirates. Well, guess what? They swept the Yankees, and now they're on a, a big win streak heading in against a really struggling Pirates team. But before we get on to this series against the Pirates, let's talk about Game 3 Wednesday against the New York Yankees. And the stat line is a little funny, right? If you're looking at it, you see Shohei has one at bat. How is that possible, right? Well, let me tell you, he walks four times. So sure, he's 0 for 1, but with four walks. And two of those walks turned into runs. I mean, right off the bat, the first inning, Shohei draws a walk, and then Ward homers. Right there, you're getting a bonus run. And then in the third, Shohei walks again. Moniac singles him home. I mean, these walks, they're helping the team. They're manufacturing runs. And my favorite thing about this, he gets walked four times. Only one of them was an intentional walk, right? So three out of these four walks, Shohei's earning by being patient at the plate. I know Shohei is a guy that can strike out a fair amount because he's trying to crush the ball when he is swinging. But he's also a patient batter that draws a lot of walks. And if we look at Shohei's walk percentage, you might be surprised. Shohei's walking 13% of the time, and that puts him as 16th in walk percentage in Major League Baseball, right? So there's only 15 guys getting more walks than Shohei. That's a pretty good stat. It's a pretty good place to be. And like we saw on Wednesday, these walks are driving value for the team because when he does walk, he's getting the home plate. He's getting runs. I mean, not every day is he going to have four walks, right? But on Wednesday, he had four walks, and two of those walks resulted in runs for his team. So not every day is 50% of his walks going to turn into runs, but anytime you can get on base, you're helping your team out, and you're reaching base safely, that's really contributing to the team's success. And here's the awesome thing, right? Shohei's wins above replacement. We talk about it every week. That's the value he's driving to his team. He's always the league leader because he's not only such a good batter, but he's also such a good pitcher. Well, he's almost the number one wins above replacement in the league from his batting alone. He's got a 4.9 wins above replacement as a batter. And there's only one other batter with a higher wins above replacement and that's Ronald Acuna with 5.1. Now, Shohei's 4.9, that's better than the value being brought by any pitcher in Major League Baseball. So the top contribution in wins above replacement by a pitcher is 4.0 for Kevin Gossman of Toronto. So Shohei, from his batting alone, is a more valuable player than any pitcher in Major League Baseball. 
There's only one person contributing more value to their team as a batter, arguably, according to this stat, which is Ronald Acuna. But on top of that, Shohei is pitching, and he's got a separate wins above replacement for his pitching. It's 1.9, and that puts him at 33rd amongst pitchers in Major League Baseball. He's had a rough three or four starts here due to his finger injury. If you remember, he's got a cracked nail and a blister on the same finger. So obviously that's going to affect his ability to throw the ball, to get the spin, to get the placement that he needs to be successful. But even after those three or four really poor starts in a row, he's still 33rd in the league as far as the value being contributed by his pitching. So you add that up. 4.9 as a batter, 1.9 as a pitcher, that adds up to 6.8, all right, which is 1.7 above Ronald Acuna, all right? So he's 33% better when it comes to wins above replacement than Ronald Acuna. And let me also point out, Ronald Acuna is not even in the American League. So for the sake of the MVP argument... Shohei is absolutely in a league of his own. There is nobody who brings more value to his team, batter, or pitcher in the American League. And Shohei's pretty much tied with Ronald Acuna as far as, you know, contributions to their team on the offense side. But Shohei's also doing it on the mound. So really, he's the sole candidate for AL MVP. And uh, I just love that because... We already know in our hearts that he's sort of the best in baseball, right? But obviously, you know, emotion can't really win you an argument. Just saying like, oh, well, he's exciting. He's a two-way player. He's hitting dingers. That's all great. And we feel it in our hearts that he's the best. But on paper, on the stat sheets, he's the best too. So there's really no one else you can put in this conversation at this point for the MVP conversation in the American League. And I love to say it. Shohei deserves it. He deserves to have his praises sung. And I guess I'm a disciple, guys. He's the best. Anyways. So right now, today is Friday that I'm recording this segment. I'm going to watch the games against the Pirates. And then on the same podcast, I will cover how well Shohei did. And then I'll put this episode for you on Monday. All right? But right now, I'd like to shift gears and actually talk about Ipe Mizuhara, the translator, the interpreter for Shohei Otani. I know we've been talking a lot about stats, but I thought it would be fun to sort of look into, you know, how did this guy come to be here? He's in the spotlight a lot because Shohei hogs the spotlight. We all know that. So how did Ipe become the man behind the man? How did he become the translator for the biggest player in baseball. So the story might surprise you, but Ipe Mizuhara was born in 84 in Hokkaido, Japan. And his father, Hidemasa, was a chef. And Hidemasa moved the family to Los Angeles in 1991 so that he could work there. So Ipe was raised in Diamond Bar, California, in eastern Los Angeles County. He went to Diamond Bar High School. He played soccer and basketball. Then he went on to go to the University of California at Riverside in 2007. So you may not have realized this, but Ipe is actually 
you know, raised in the United States of America. So after he graduates college, Ipe gets hired by the Boston Red Sox to interpret for a Japanese pitcher by the name of Hideki Okajima. And in 2013, he actually gets hired by the Hokkaido Fighters to represent Chris Martin and some other English-speaking members of the team. So it's kind of interesting. He goes from being a Japanese-born, American-raised interpreter for a Japanese pitcher in the American Baseball League, but then he changes gears and becomes a translator for American players in the Japanese Baseball League. So he arrives with the fighters in 2013, and guess who else arrived with the fighters in 2013? That's right, you guessed it, Shohei Otani. So in 2013, they're working on the same team, and Otani comes to the Los Angeles Angels, signing in 2017. And who does the Angels hire to become his personal interpreter? Ipe Mizuhara. So there you have it, everybody. This is a guy who, sure, was born in Japan, but at a very young age, he moves to Los Angeles with his family. He goes to school here. He goes to college here. He becomes a translator for the Boston Red Sox. And right after college, then he becomes a translator for the Japanese League. And he just happened to be translating for the same team as Shohei Otani. And the Angels said, what, what's easier than just hiring this guy to represent him? They already have a rapport together and a bit of a career together. And wow, I mean... It's been a long time since 2017. I mean, it's been about five years, and they're still sticking together. Ipe seems to fit in great on the Angel squad. You see him giggling with Shohei from time to time, and you see Ipe joking around with other members of the Angels lineup as well. I mean, we just talked about how Shohei hit his 35th home run on Monday, and you see Ipe Mizuhara with Patrick Sandoval, and they're looking at each other with their jaws dropped, kind of jumping up and down, high-fiving each other with excitement. He fits in with the Angels. He's one of the boys. But you might wonder, what is it like being the interpreter for the biggest player in Major League Baseball? I mean, what does that role entail? Well, an interesting quote from Ipe is that he says, speaking only accounts for about 10% of his job alongside Otani. He also throws with Otani in side sessions. He helps him watch tape of opposing pitchers and study scouting reports. And we can't forget, he actually served as Otani's catcher during the 2021 Home Run Derby. And he was also with Team Japan during the 2023 World Baseball Classic. So he's not just being a translator for the press or for his teammates or even for manager Phil Nevid. He's also helping just with pretty much anything that he can, whether it's throwing the ball or, you know, being helpful with his language skills. He's there, and he's there 365 days of the year. He's with Shohei the entirety of the offseason. And an interesting fact about Ipe is that during the baseball lockdown, he wouldn't have been allowed to be in touch with Shohei due to, you know, the laws and regulations of the lockdown, right? Because Ipe is not signed by Otani, he's signed by the Angels. And as an employee of the Angels, he wouldn't have been allowed to be in touch with Shohei. And that's a problem because, like I said, he's with Shohei 365 days of the year. 
Well, he quit his job. He resigned from the Angels just so he could spend that time with Shohei without violating the rules of the lockdown. So that's pretty cool. What I really like is Ipe's quotes about his relationship with Shohei Otani. He says, we're kind of like friends, which I think is a cute way of putting it because they are, you know, they are co-workers almost in a way. But you spend 365 days with each other. You got to think it's something like a golfer and his caddy. You know, they work together to achieve the goal and they may be friends, but they are also co-workers. So I like that quote. And he says his first priority is to help create an environment where he can concentrate on baseball. So that makes sense. He's with him 365 days of the year. He's probably not only translating, but he's probably helping run errands helping Shohei get maybe the foods from Japan that he misses so he can feel comfortable, maybe helping Shohei get from place to place so Shohei Shohei can focus on baseball. But I think it's a very interesting relationship because you have a guy who's Shohei, who is the spotlight. And then just by being by his side 24-7, Ipe is cast into this spotlight, and he seems to be handling it pretty well. He seems like a very calm, cheerful guy. He spends all day, every day, helping Shohei with his wants and needs. And let's be honest, Shohei is thriving. So it's got to be a good relationship. It's got to be a positive relationship because clearly Shohei is doing his best. And based on his body language and and sort of interactions with the rest of the Angels, it seems like Ipe is living his best life too. So I think it's overall a very wholesome story there, but also a very interesting story to hear about how he came from Japan grew up in the United States, started as an interpreter in the American League, ultimately went to the Japan League, and then came back to be the interpreter for Otani. So, I don't know, guys. I think he'll probably be with Shohei for the extent of his career here in the U.S. And honestly, if Shohei does return to Japan one day, I could see Ipe being there with him. I mean, if you think about it, they've been together for six or seven years. And like we just established... Ipe is not just his translator, but he's really like a life partner, right? He helps Shohei with his day-to-day routine tasks, like throwing, watching footage of opposing pitchers, all that stuff. If he goes back to Japan, for example, I think he's still going to keep using him. Even if he no longer needs the language help, it's going to be good to have that friend nearby. Like I said, like a caddy to sort of carry your clubs as a Major League Baseball player. Uh, But in this circumstance, just helping with the day-to-day routine that he's become so used to over the last seven years in Major League Baseball. You know, you'd have to fill that need with either other coaching staff or players. So why not just take him with you? But who knows what the future holds for Ipe. Either way, it's a cool story. and, And it was very fun to look it up and learn who this guy is. There's a high fly ball, straightaway center. Reynolds is back at the wall and it's gone. Home run. Number 36, Shohei Otani with a laser and a game-tying shot to make it 1-1. The sound of Shohei's 36th home run of the 2023 campaign coming in Sunday's rubber match of the series against the Pirates. Now, before we get to that home run, let's start with the opener Friday at home against the Pirates. Shohei's on the mound. Everybody's excited and Similar to other games we've seen recently, he doesn't have a great outing on the mound. In fact, he allows five earned runs in just six and a third inning. 
But before you go thinking that this is just another bad start, potentially due to his finger injury, it actually may not be that. And Phil Nevin doesn't think that that is the case either. Phil Nevin thinks that Shohei Otani is healed. He's just hanging a few balls right over the plate. You know, he's throwing a few meatballs, so to speak, that these batters are just hitting for dingers. And if you look at the numbers from the performance on Friday, Phil could be right. I mean, Shohei had nine strikeouts in six and a third innings. That's pretty good. So he's clearly still getting the swings and misses. He's got his stuff. But all five runs came off of home runs. All right? So he starts the game off pretty good. He makes it through three innings without allowing a run. The fourth inning, he allows back-to-back homers. The fifth inning, he allows a two-run homer. And then in the sixth inning, he allows another solo homer. So all these runs coming from home runs. And honestly, I think he's maybe just uh, feeling a little tired midway through the season. I mean, Phil Nevin seems to think so. Uh, Phil's quote was actually that the finger is fine. He was just fatigued from running the bases a lot. Therefore, he hung a few pitches, but otherwise, uh, Phil Nevin isn't concerned. And I see what he means about running the bases. Shohei went 0 for 1 with three walks, and he scored twice. So almost similar to the last game against the Yankees, where Shohei was 0 for 1 with four walks, he was 0 for 1 with three walks, and twice he reached home plate again from a walk. So it's possible he's tired from running the bases, but I also feel like this is Shohei Otani. All he does is baseball. He lives for baseball. All of his conditioning is for baseball. I just don't see Shohei being the guy that runs the bases a couple of times, gets winded, gets fatigued at the mound, hangs a few pitches, and lets in these homers. I think it's more fatigue of we're through a long season, we're halfway through a long season, He's feeling tired. He's doing it all. He's pitching. He's hitting. He's hitting better than he's ever hit. He's hitting better than a lot of people have ever hit. Um, And his pitching is starting to struggle. I I can't help but think that maybe he's just a little fatigued. And sure, he still has his stuff, like I said, striking out nine people. But he's having these lapses in focus where he's leaving these pitches over the plate and they're getting hit for home runs. Shohei throws hard. If you get the bat on the ball, that makes it easier for these batters to hit the homer. So if you're just having a lapse of focus and you leave one over the plate, it's a good bet that it's going to be gone, even if you're getting nine strikeouts on the rest of the lineup. And what's really interesting about this game is that this is the first time that Shohei has allowed two home runs to the same player in the same game. Shohei has had 82 starts in Major League Baseball. And this is the first time... That has happened. Pretty interesting stat. And Henry Davis, the rookie for the Pirates, is the one who pulled it off. So home run in the fourth for him, and then another home run in the sixth, ultimately retiring Shohei from the game as a pitcher. So that's the interesting uh, facts of the case. You know, it's not a bad start, but the result is bad. Um, So we hope that Shohei can get his focus back and maybe put up some better numbers because, quite frankly, as a pitcher, he has not been good for about four to six starts in a row. Now, the Angels are still winning these games. I mean, Shohei got a standing ovation from the crowd in Anaheim, and they went on to win. 
it was a close game at seven to five, but they did go on to win. If this team is going to be competitive, they need Shohei to be better on the mound. I mean, he's supposed to be your ace. And quite frankly, it's felt like Patrick Sandoval's been the ace lately and, and Shohei's sort of been second to him. But we know that when Shohei has his best, he is the best. So we'll see if he can turn it around here in the second half of the season. But right now it feels like maybe he's just a little tired, a little fatigued halfway through this long season, uh, maybe succumbing to a little bit of the pressure of being Shohei Otani. But anyway, that's game one. Game two against the Pirates was a disappointment. They lose 3-0, and it's not the pitcher's fault. You know, Reed Detmers has a great start, five innings, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. Um, and then the bullpen was fairly good. I mean, four innings of one earned run ball. But the bats were cold. 0 for 4 was Shohei. No walks. Only five hits for the team in total. And they get shut out by the Pirates. Um, what's interesting to me about this game is that you really don't have one solo pitcher for the Pirates who dominated the Angels. Um you know, the starter only went three innings, and then they relied on the bullpen for the rest of the outing. So it's not like they had a hot starter who just kept the Angels off the score sheet. Um, they just had a series of strong pitching from both the starter and the bullpen. But uh, they bounce back. Sunday, they get the win, 7-5. to five. Shohei has a solo home run in the first inning. Really exciting stuff. That's his 36th of the season. And... Overall, it was a pretty good game for him. He went one for three with that home run. He also walked, and he scored two runs total. So once again, another Shohei walk that reaches home plate. So he's doing a great job to contribute. Um, and really, those two runs are the difference, right? He, they won by two runs, and, and Shohei helped manufacture two runs exactly. So you know you love to see that. And then overall, really good pitching. Tyler Anderson put it up six innings. Four earned runs, you know, it's not a great start for him, but the bullpen comes in really clutch. They'd have three innings of one earned run ball. You love to see that. So was it the best series? Uh, no, the Pirates are a team that lose a lot of games, and honestly, they could have maybe been a little more dominant. The Angels could have. I mean, they take two out of three, which is all you ever want to do. If you win two out of three the entire season, you're going to have 108 wins. So two out of three is great. Uh, baseball is kind of unique in that way. But when you're playing the Pirates, you know, if you didn't get two out of three, then it would be a complete failure. You really should expect to get three out of three. And I love the Pirates. I think they're a really exciting team. You know, they got Connor Joe, Jiwon Bay, G-Man Choi. So I'm not knocking the Pirates, but baseball is about capitalizing the moment against a team that's not doing well. You know, they swept the Yankees, who have been sort of falling off in the division hunt over there in the AL East. And then they're facing a Pirates team who hasn't been hot since the first couple months of the season. They had an amazing start, which clearly, if they're playing their best, they can be very good. The Pirates can. But they haven't been good for about two-thirds of the season so far. They've been pretty bad. They've been swept several times by several teams lately. The Cubs, for example. And, you know, you just kind of hope that the Angels would be the next team to sweep them. They didn't. That's okay. You take two out of three. Like I said, that's not bad. But the Angels definitely have some momentum 
right now as a result, even if they didn't get the sweep. And what's really interesting is that that momentum is starting to change the rumor mill for the trade opportunities for Shohei Otani. So before we look at the next couple games for the Angels and how Shohei might do, let's just briefly look at the trade market and see who's the current favorite. The favorite, of course, to land Shohei Otani. So if you're a gambler, you can go on DraftKings and you can place bets. Where do you think Shohei's going to end up? So the favorite currently is the Angels, that he stays put. But if he does leave, the highest favored team is the Dodgers. And the Giants are right on their tail. So two teams that we talked about last week, Dodgers and the Giants. Um, the Braves are the third favorite and the Yankees the fourth. So the Braves is an interesting one. A lot of people think that the Braves are already sort of an unstoppable machine. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to win a, a World Series. That doesn't mean they don't need Shohei Otani. He could be the piece that puts them over the top. Um, but then the Orioles... The Mets, who we talked about last week, the Rays, the Phillies, the Red Sox, and then the Blue Jays. So those are about the top 10 teams expected to land Shohei. Um, you can also place a bet saying he'll go to any other team besides those teams and the Angels. Um, so interesting odds there. And, and the odds are plus 800 for the Dodgers, plus 900 for the Giants, and so on, so forth. So first of all, I wouldn't place any bets on this he may not go anywhere. He may go to the most random team. Heaven only knows what's going to happen with Shohei Otani. But if we're looking at these odds, the things to pick up on, and it's very subtle, you might not notice this, the Angels are all of a sudden the favorite to keep Shohei, and the Yankees have fallen down about three spots on the list. So the Yankees are playing bad baseball all of a sudden, people are wondering if they're even going to make the playoffs, which is a little absurd to start talking about this early in the season, especially when, you know, they still have a about 500 record. But the Angels have won five out of six games, all right? They swept the struggling Yankees. They took two out of three against the Pirates. All of a sudden, they're trending in the right direction, and that has the Angels starting to think they can make the playoffs again. It has a lot of fans starting to believe. And look, we all know that believing in the Angels is dangerous. But who's to say that this team can't do it? When they get hot, they get hot. And when they're performing well, they are one of the harder teams to beat. When the bats are hot, they score a lot of runs. I mean, we saw them score uh, 25 runs against Colorado earlier in the season. So no one can tell these Angels that they can do it. But I would say be a little cautious. Don't get your hopes too high up because they are a team known to disappoint. But anyway, the future is completely unknown. So let's just talk about what we do know. And that is that the next series is against the Tigers. That's games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then the Angels head to the Blue Jays on Friday. Otani will get the start on Friday, but the series continues Saturday and Sunday. And then they'll go off to play the Braves. So let's talk about these two series. Let's talk about how Shohei might do. So for starters, Shohei is always hot against the Tigers. And the last two seasons especially, he's been great. Last two seasons... 13 games against the Tigers, Shohei had eight home runs. 
eight homers in 13 games. That's more than half the time. So expect Shohei to put up some really good numbers against the Tigers this week. Um, the first pitcher he sees there is Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo is a pitcher that has somewhat gotten the better of Otani. Um, Otani's batting 200 against Eduardo, but Otani does have one home run um, in that span. So he could do a good job against Eduardo. We'll see. The next pitcher is Michael Lorenzen, and that's an exciting matchup because last year, Michael Lorenzen was an angel, and he was pretty good. He was maybe one notch below where he needed to be to really excel. He had some really great games where he looked good, and he had some games where uh, the other team just got the better of him. But he's in a Tigers uniform. He's got a 3.5 ERA. He's certainly doing okay. Let's see how Shohei does against his former teammate. And then the last game is against Matt Manning. Matt Manning is a young man, about 25, from Sacramento, California. And Shohei's got an interesting, um, interesting history against Matt Manning. Five at-bats, he's one for five, but Shohei also has four walks. All right, so his on-base percentage against Matt Manning is .556. Kind of interesting there. Not necessarily swinging the bat well against him, but he's getting on base safely. So there you have it. Expect Shohei to be pretty good against this Tigers team. And of course, it's a Tigers team that isn't doing as well as they would hope. It's an interesting season because it's the last season for Miggy, Miguel Cabrera. And uh, they're going to have another three games against them, but this time back at home in Anaheim in early September. So... This is sort of a taste of how that series might go as well. So check it out. Let's see how the Angels do before they go off to play Toronto in Toronto. And let me tell you what. Shohei's got good numbers against Toronto as a pitcher. He takes the mound in that first game of the series. And who else do you want on the mound but Shohei, really? He's got 19 strikeouts in two games against Toronto last year. Hasn't faced them as a pitcher this year, but an opponent's batting average of 170. So 19 strikeouts, 170, five earned runs in two games. So pretty good set of starts there, um, but even better as a batter, and specifically this season. Shohei is batting 417 against the Toronto Blue Jays this season. He's 5-for-12 with a home run, two RBIs, and two doubles. So he's off to a hot start this season against Toronto. But the question is, can he keep that up against some tough, tough pitching? The first game of the series is against Kevin Gossman, who is having a great season, and Shohei historically struggles against Kevin Gossman. Six at-bats against Kevin, Shohei is 0-for-6 with four strikeouts. That is a tough, tough split. Maybe Shohei can turn it around. I mean, he's having a hot season. Who's to say that this isn't the season where he figures out Kevin Gossman and maybe gets some success while hitting from him? But regardless of how that game goes, I think the second game of the series is the one that I'm really curious to see how it plays out. Toronto will have Hyun Jin Ryu, the Korean pitcher who has great career numbers, a 3.27 ERA lifetime, a 75 and 45 win record. 
Um, but Ryu is fresh off of Tommy John surgery. He hasn't pitched since June of 2022. All right, so he had some great numbers for the Dodgers from 2013 to 2019. He had a 2.69 ERA in 2020. Then he had a 4.37 ERA in 2021, a 5.67 ERA in 2022, and he hasn't pitched since June of that year. So maybe he comes back and he has his best stuff. He's been doing some rehab starts in the minor leagues, and people have been saying it's going pretty well, but... Man, coming back to face Shohei Otani in your first start of the season, first start since you had the surgery, that's a tough assignment. We'll see if he can pull it off, but um, let's see if Shohei can keep up his great hitting against Toronto, against Ryu. Historically, Shohei hasn't had many at-bats against Ryu. Um, In fact, he's actually just 0 for 2 with one RBI and one walk. So hard to say how that's going to go, but I think you kind of throw that out the window and just see what kind of stuff does Ryu have and then how does Shohei react. But in the third game, also an interesting matchup, you have Alec Manoa taking the mound for Toronto. And Alec Manoa has always been good against the Los Angeles Angels. He posted a 2.7 ERA against them in 2021, a 2.08 ERA against the Angels in 2022. And if you look at his career stats, he's always been great. I mean, he went 9-2 in 2021. As a rookie, he went 16-7 in 2022. But everything kind of went off the rails after an ugly postseason where Manoa talks some smack talk, talks a little trash, and then has a bad game. He has an ERA of 6.35 by giving up four earned runs and five innings pitched in the playoffs for Toronto. He gets roasted by the internet. He gets made fun of a lot for that. He comes out in 2023, and it's like he's lost it. He's got a six ERA. He's two and eight. Nobody really knows what's going on with him. But his win percentage went from, you know, 0.7 and 0.8 in the last two seasons to 0.2. The guy can't win games to save his life. And he's on a great team in the Toronto Blue Jays. So hard to say how that will go. Does he sort of continue his path of mediocrity in 2023 or does he pitch well against the angels like he always does i don't know tune in to see so that's it everybody um couple of exciting series against tigers and toronto coming up and then after that the angels get to play the braves now we'll get into that on next week's episode because that is still a week plus away but there's definitely some exciting baseball coming up. We'll see how the Angels do in this series, but the more wins that the Angels get, the less likely that Shohei's going to be traded. So it's sort of a bittersweet kind of thing for me because I don't think the Angels really can win a World Series. Even if they have their best baseball, it's going to be hard. You almost want to see Shohei get out of here and maybe have some success on 
the Dodgers or the Giants and see if he can win a championship somewhere else because you'd hate for him to stay here any longer than he needs to when it just feels like this team isn't putting together the best roster to support Shohei in his quest of winning because he wants to win, baby. We know he wants to win. That's what he talks about. He talks about how he hates losing. Anyway, the trade deadline is coming up. It's August 1st. All right. August 1st is next Tuesday. So you're probably hearing this on Monday the 24th. It really means that there's about a week for this Angels team to put up some wins and keep Shohei in Anaheim or else he may be gone. You know, if they have a bad series against if they have a bad series against the Tigers and then a bad series against Toronto, he may be gone. You know, they're building some momentum right now, so I could see Moreno and the Angels' office not wanting to deal him. But I just don't know if that's the right decision. We'll see. Nobody knows what the Angels can do or won't do. Will they perform up to their expectations? Will they shoot themselves in the foot? You never know with this team. They're an exciting team. They're a team that you love to watch, but they're also a team that loves to break your heart. Next episode, Shohei could be on a different team, and you'll want to hear my reaction to that. I'll buy whatever jersey it is. I'll be excited for him. But man, it's an exciting time to watch Shohei. Where will he end up? All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you next week. Make sure to follow Otani Talk on Instagram and here on Spotify. We'll have a new episode out on Monday, July 31st, one day before the trade deadline. Talk to you then.